0: everything that's ever happened in my life, I still think, okay, well, this is really weird and I can't explain it, but maybe it could have been something, you know, it could have been an animal, I don't know. When people say stories that are completely unbelievable, it's like, ah, I wish I was there with you so I could take a look,
1: right? Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodball, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we'll get a look into some unusual, supernatural experiences while on vacation. You'll be hearing stories about a haunted castle in Malaysia, and a haunted prison and lunatic asylum in Australia, but first, somewhere much closer to home. This summer, I didn't travel a lot. Prior to starting the podcast, I used to tour around as a singer songwriter, playing gigs across Ontario. I had health issues in the past few years keeping me from performing, so I started this show. The only trips I took this summer were up to Sable Beach, where they have the most beautiful sunsets you'll ever see. One place near Toronto that I've been to though when I was younger is Rice Lake. My family had a cottage less than an hour north of there, and so it was on the way up. I'm not sure if we ever rented a paddle boat there, but I have vague memories of standing in the shallow water there in the lake. This next story is about a group of people we discovered that the region is protected by ghosts. Like myself, Blythe is from Toronto. I spoke to her over the phone.
2: This incident happened about 20 years ago, far back. It was a beautiful summer weekend. Friends and I decided that we'd like to go down to Rice Lake and spend the weekend. At Hiawatha Reservation, they have an absolutely gorgeous campground. We phoned up and made reservations, and we headed out. Spent that night just setting up. I think we were sitting around the campfire for a couple of hours, just chatting. We had a couple of beers, nothing overboard. It was an absolutely gorgeous night. Uh, clear sky, lots of stars. think it was 1 o'clock in the morning. I said to my two friends, we've been here all evening but we haven't actually gone up to see the mound the serpent mounds are very special very old and spiritual place archaeologists believe that the very early native people buried their dead but uh, we were a little oblivious of that unfortunately we we decided like no let's go up sort of egged each other on went up to the mounds and it's very dark no lights up there and it's quite high We got up to the top of the mounds. We were able to see Rice Lake right there, and the moon was shining over the waters, very silvery and pretty, really beautiful, and very quiet and still. And we were joking around a bit, and I think we even had a cigarette up there. My friends were sitting on the bench, and I happened to be looking out towards the mounds, which were very dark, as I said earlier, All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something headed towards us. It could have been a woman, it could have been a man on a black horse, racing towards us at great speed, brandishing some kind of a weapon in his hand. You could just tell (laughs) that whatever it was, it was very angry. Very long black hair streaming out behind as he rushed towards us. And all you could hear was the sound of hoof. Of. When I saw this, I was absolutely terrified. And I just let out a huge scream. And I pointed, and my two friends leapt off the bench. We have to get out of here. At that point, all three of us were screaming. <laughs> sounds impossible, but all three of us did see it. We just ran as fast as we could back to the campsite. We got back there safely. Obviously, nothing was following us. After we composed ourselves, which took a while, <laughs> we do, I just kept saying, did you see what I saw? We were just absolutely shocked and trembling. and It was just the most incredible thing I'd ever experienced, really. I don't really
1: know of anyone else who's had that
2: experience. The man on a horse. A man or a woman. It could man have
1: been. A man or a woman, yeah. Nearby Rice Lake is Peterborough, which is the largest city near my parents' cottage. Shout out to Peterborough. The river which flows through Peterborough to Rice Lake, the Odenabe River, first flows from Kachawanaka Lake in the town of Lakefield, where I spent... Most of my summers eating Kawartha ice cream and jumping in the river. Little did I know as a child that the area near here is known for its spiritual presence. Numerous people over the years have tried to clue me in that there seem to be a large number of ghostly sightings at this river. In fact, I've been hearing about it for at least five years before I started this show. Blythe's story Fits in with this local lore, which is not really spoken of much outside of word of mouth. You won't find any other podcasts or radio shows covering these incidents. And that's why I hope you enjoy Supernatural Stories, keep supporting the show, tell your friends about it, and maybe they'll get in touch and send in a story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Now, the next two stories are also from a Torontonian. Jen saw the poster that I'd printed out and put up at King and Spadina, downtown Toronto, and she became a listener of the show. Recently, I mentioned that I was looking for stories about weird, unexplained things that happened on vacation. Luckily, she saw the post and got in touch with me to share these stories, one about a haunted lunatic asylum and the other a haunted prison in Australia.
0: Whenever I travel, I like to do walking tours and specifically ghost tours. It's a really great way to get the lay of a city and get the feel of a city, and then you get that creepy history. So I've been ghost walks all over the world. Most of the time, they're just fun to do. But with these two stories I have, they're the only times that I've had something weird and unexplainable happen on one of these ghost walks. They both happen to be in Australia. The first one, a few years ago, I was in Tasmania, which is an island south of the larger continent of Australia. And I was in Hobart for a few days, which is the capital of Tasmania. It's an old city, a beautiful place. And I decided to do a tour of the uh, old penitentiary, an old convict penitentiary. It was 10 bucks. I didn't know anyone. I thought, screw it, I'm just going to go check it out and see what this is all about. And the tour itself was really, really great. It was dark, they gave you little lanterns, it creates quite the atmosphere. The guide, he sounded like very unimpressed, like he had done this every day for five years, but he was really knowledgeable. It was quite an engaging tour. The way that the building is, is like you kind of come in on the main floor. It was turned into a court, but before that it was a chapel. In the basement was all the cells and everything for all the prisoners. We started on the main floor learning about the history of the building, and then we went downstairs to the basement. As we were rounding a corner and walking down a hallway, I was all of a sudden hit with this wave of sadness, just completely, utterly hopeless and sad. And I couldn't breathe. I was fighting for breath. Tears started streaming down my face. I didn't know anyone. I was all alone. And I'm kind of hanging back, my hand against the wall, bracing myself against the wall, crying and kind of wheezing because I can't breathe. And the rest of the tour had kind of gone ahead. I'm trying to, you know, compose myself a little bit so I don't look like a weirdo. And the guy kind of comes back to me and he says, are you okay?" And I choke out a, yeah. And he says, oh, you feel really sad and like you can't breathe? And I kind of stared at him like, yeah. He said, oh, it happens a lot. Just come on. So casual. Just as this, this happens every day. As if it was like, oh, you're wearing a white shirt. I walk around the hallway with him and we ended up in a courtyard, which was where they hung people. And he sits me down on a bench and he says to the group all right, well, the hallway that we just walked down was actually the last hallway where, you know, the prisoners would walk from their cells to the gallows to to be executed. 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 And one of the common occurrences that people feel is just an overwhelming feeling of sadness and the inability to breathe. And he points to me, well, like this girl in our group, (laughs) everyone looks at me like, what? Asking me questions, and I'm sitting there like crying and like unable to breathe and I just want to get out of there. And I felt fine after a couple minutes. It was really just this momentary wave of just so, so hopeless. Um, It came out of nowhere and that was really, really weird because I had no idea where in the building we were.
1: It's almost like the intense emotions have created a sort of emotional memory space.
0: I think it was called the Hobart convict penitentiary or something it was a really really great tour when i did it definitely worth it kind of long low dark hallways stone walls and there was parts of it that were like under construction and crumbled in and it was yeah it was a great tour
1: there's a really creepy photo <laughs> you know my computer just did the creepiest thing i wasn't touching the mouse it just started slowly zooming in on the photo no it didn't yeah And then I touched my mouse, like, what the hell's going on? And then it zoomed in more, and I couldn't get it to go back. I had to reload the page. I'm so glad Jen saw those posters I put up downtown and the online posts I make on Facebook. Aren't you? If you want more unique stories like hers to be heard, then you can always support the show through Patreon. My costs of hosting, printing, and boosting Facebook posts add up, but so do even the smallest contributions of a dollar or more. As my costs with the show increase, I'll need some help from whoever can contribute at www.patreon.com slash supernatural stories. That's one word, Patreon, which is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It makes it dead easy to do this. It only takes about a minute of your time. Now back to Jen's next story.
0: Tour that I did in Australia was the Airedale Asylum tour. It's about two hours from Melbourne, and it was this old abandoned, you know, lunatic asylum, as they would call it. And they had a few options at the time. You could do like an 8 p.m. tour or like an 11 p.m. tour, so we did the 11 p.m. one to be extra spooky. And it was a fascinating tour. So it's a completely, like, it's a huge. Huge building, and it's completely abandoned, so there's no electricity, so everyone has a flashlight. We were in groups of like 20-ish. It was a fascinating tour. You learned all about the history of mental health in Victoria and in Australia in general. It was really, really interesting. You know, the usual creepy stories, and the guide was really animated, so you got to get into things a lot. In this one part, we were in a room, the morgue if I remember correctly, which is very stereotypical. Either like a morgue or like a surgery, it was something like that. And we were all standing in a circle, kind of facing each other, and the guide was telling us a story. And I'm listening, and all of a sudden, I heard this bone kind of like to my right behind me. And I kind of whipped my head around to look And I didn't see anyone behind me, so I thought, oh, okay, maybe I was just hearing something. Maybe someone's stomach rumbled or, I don't know, for whatever reason, I thought that there was, like, there must have been a cow outside, which made no sense, but it it sounded like a cow. I was like, oh, there must be a cow out there. So I think nothing of it, and I keep listening. And at the end of the story, the guide says, one of the common things that's felt in this room um, is people hear a bone And this girl across the circle kind of gasps and she goes, oh my God, I heard a moan. And I look up and I was like, whoa, 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 so did I. And it turns out that five of us in different parts of the circle all heard this, like all heard a moan at some point throughout the evening, but no one beside us had heard it. So the guy got really excited. He was like, tell us everything. What did it sound like? He was like, his excitement kind of got us excited too. But it was really creepy because like I was with, I was with a friend and he didn't hear anything. It was really weird. And nothing else happened on the tour, but that moan, like I will never forget it. The fact that like only a few of us had heard it and we were like in different parts of the room, was really interesting too. And I don't know, I don't know how to explain that.
1: well i'm glad that you got to have the kind of haunted vacation tour experience that everyone is basically hoping that they'll have when they go on these tours so that's pretty special and then to have two very strange unexplained experiences that's quite cool i do hope
0: that one day i can call you again with like a really killer story I just, like, bought tickets actually this morning for the ghost walk in High Park that's happening in October. Oh,
1: yeah, I live right next to High Park, so I'm planning on going one day, probably.
0: This year they're doing, like, a Victorian-style seance as well, which should be pretty hokey. It's funny, I used to work in travel, and I've always said, like, oh, I want to do a ghost podcast about ghostly stories from around the world, so
3: I'm excited to share mine.
1: I'm very glad to share these stories about supernatural vacations with all of you. It's a theme I've been wanting to explore since I was told the story that you'll hear next. It sounds like Jen had an awesome vacation. I hope you've all enjoyed your summers and also this first season of Supernatural Stories. I'm going to keep bringing you these new podcasts as long as stories keep getting sent to me. So remember again, if you have a story from your past or from this recent summer that you'd like to share, send a message at the Facebook page, which you can get to by typing in www.supernaturalstories.ca in your internet browser. By the way, I know a few people listening to this are listening to their first podcast ever, and I think that's fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to figure out iTunes or Google Play. A reminder, you can always click to subscribe to get the show to get the latest episodes sent right to you. And while you're there, any reviews you leave, Help the show to reach a larger audience, so thank you. This next storyteller, Kiki, also saw one of my posters printed up and posted up in downtown Toronto. Sent me a message on Facebook. She shared some supernatural stories from a trip to Malaysia.
3: A few years ago, I went on a trip with my mom to Malaysia. Malaysia is pretty close by to Thailand and Singapore. And there was this castle called Kelly's Castle. It became a pretty popular tourist area now. The story goes that it was a Scottish man living in Malaysia decided to build a giant castle for his family. But now it's unfinished. After he died, no one really worked on it. But it was for his wife, son, and daughter. It's said that it had many different rooms and secret doorways. Almost like a hundred rooms and full of mystery that no one was able to discover. In one of those rooms, I saw a small girl. She was around five to six years old. She had brown, short hair that was in pigtails and really curly, and she was wearing a white dress. She was giggling and she was jumping around and she seemed like she was having fun. I thought it was one of the tourist's daughters. My mind changed the minute she jumped right into a wall and never came back. Turns out that it was actually the man that died, his daughter, who looked exactly the way I explained it to be. Not many people actually witness the girl, but when they do, she doesn't seem like she knows that she. Dead. which I agree, she didn't seem like she knew she was dead. She was having so much fun. She died in a mysterious death, along with the son and the wife. There was this house that my family and I used to live in. Every night you can hear in one of the rooms a lady screaming and crying. But when you go inside, no one's there. We can hear stuff moving around from that room, and she would be screaming and crying. She would weep like she lost a child, but when we go in, there's nothing there, and nothing was moved.
1: Who do you think it was?
3: At first, I thought it was one of the neighbors, but it wasn't.
1: One of my favorite episodes of the podcast so far has been episode 12, In Toronto, There Are Still Ghosts. It's the second part of a two-part special I did where all the stories came from family man and hairdresser extraordinaire Bernard. In that episode, he moves from the US up to Toronto. But there's a story from it about his vacation to New York that I liked so much, I thought I should include it here. Go back and check out episode 11, Growing Up in Tucson, and episode 12, in Toronto, there are still ghosts. You haven't heard them yet. By the way, little contest I'm doing as of the time of this show's recording. If you leave a review on iTunes and on Facebook, and then send me a message, and again, you can find the Facebook page by heading up www.supernaturalstories.ca. I'm going to give the first three people who do that one of the new handmade Supernatural Stories mugs. I recently picked up these mugs as a reward for anyone who donates generously $3.60 at the Patreon page, which is, again, www.patreon.com slash supernatural stories. But also, this contest, the catch to it is you have to live in Toronto. That's it. If you're listening and want one of these nifty mugs, just leave a review on iTunes and on Facebook, and then be the first to send me a message. Cheers. Now... Bernard's story in
4: 1968 I went with my girlfriend to New York City and her parents were in Westchester big old house beautiful house dad said you know I I know you're living together but I I think Bernard should sleep in the basement but the basement was really cold right and I didn't have my girlfriend with me so they gave me this radiating heater those old-time ones that would radiate orange you know Prior to leaving for New York, my Uncle Bowman, whom I always loved as a child, he was a big man, you know, we'd hang from his biceps, his arms, we'd swing on them. Well, he had cancer for about a year and he was down to about 90 pounds. The last memory I have of my Uncle Bowman was um, I was in the other room while he was draining his liver bile and he looked horrible. And I always thought of him as a big giant of a man, which he was. I decided not to go to the funeral because it was an open casket in those days, and I just never liked the practice to begin with. I never want to see a dead corpse there. I drove past the church, and people saw my car driving, going. Which church are you going? Right. So, family was pretty upset with me for not paying my last respect. I didn't want to remember him like that. I really had an idea of him when he was a strong man, a charismatic man, quite a guy. You know, we all just love this guy. So I was in New York, sleeping in the basement the very, very first night. I like the white noise from the radiating. All of a sudden, I just woke up, and the noise, it stopped. So the orange went, and then it showed up, and there's my Uncle Bowman in the basement with me, with just his underwear. Because I remember him when I went to his house all the time, He'd always have his underwear on, you know, and he'd be reading the paper or whatever. And then he showed me his biceps like this, and he smiled, and he went like this with his belly. And then the heater went back on. And I felt really good. It was a really good feeling, you know? He just came back to say goodbye that I understand. You didn't say goodbye to me, but I understand that, right? That was a really, really nice feeling that I got.
1: this summer i didn't see any ghosts i didn't see any ufos either it's been a while but i keep my own diary of little events that may seem like random chance but have significance to them what carl Jung called synchronicities get in touch with me if you have some interesting synchronous experiences to share. I've had quite a few. The next one might qualify as a synchronicity, but it's kind of weird in its own different way, too. This is a story that I mentioned in a post on the Facebook page, where I shared a bit about spotomancy or teffromancy. It's when you see shapes in the cinders or ashes of a dying flame. I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone, And we were talking about times when you leave good tips or bad tips and give specific numbers to have a kind of numerologic significance. I was mentioning how Chinese have a thing with their number four having a similar sound to the word for death and how you can tip $4.44 if you're really upset and want to take them off and you also have pennies with you because that's getting rare. She told me then how a friend used to tip the $4.44, but go a step further and arrange the pennies and nickels into the shape of a hand giving the middle finger. As she said that, the cinders in my ashtray lit up into the shape of a hand giving the middle finger. Believe it or not. One last sort of funny story. I was talking to her again right after I shaved and told her that if I didn't shave and got scruffy, I'd end up looking like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. As I was saying that, she laughed and said, guess what? She had been watching the show Supernatural in the background, and the episode of the show was one I haven't seen yet, where Sam and Dean travel to alternate dimensions, alternate realities, and end up inside the show Scooby-Doo. That's all for this episode. There are 16 previous episodes you can check out now, too, if you're looking for a bunch more stories about ghosts and psychics and everything else. Last thing, if you have a story about Halloween, get in touch with me. Also maybe you have a story that took place during Christmas, or New Year's, or another holiday? I have a couple, I'd love to share some of mine, but first I've got to get some of your stories, your true stories, recorded. Let's keep the story sharing going. Thanks to everyone who got in touch to share stories for this episode. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. Music featured in this show is by David Content with Riddle and Time, Ed Jury with Kangaroo and Dew. Joy Hawkskin with Didgeridoo, Epsilon Knot with Arizona, and Army Blues with Not on the Bus. The rest were tracks composed by myself, Cal Goodbomb. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting A Place for the Supernatural in Canada. If you want to contribute a dollar or more towards the production of the show, go to patreon.com slash supernatural stories. If you have a story of your own to contribute, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time.